Let me see you put them up. Reach the sky, touch the stars up above, cause it's one time for the underdog. I'm Patrick Bedevi, host of Itemin, and today we're going to talk about how to handle rejection as an entrepreneur. Number one, look, everything I talk to you right now about rejection has to do with perspective. Everything is perspective. Some people have a hard time dealing with rejection, yet at the same time, they do it all the time. Look, you reject people on a daily basis. Every day, you're rejecting people. Matter of fact, today, odds are... You have already rejected 30 people today. Well, what do you mean, Pat? If you unfollow somebody, that's rejection. If you unfriend somebody, that's a rejection. If you block somebody, if you press end call to somebody, if somebody sends you a text and you know you got the text, you read the text, they see you read the text, you don't respond to it, and email, you move to junk. That's all a form of rejection. So when people start kind of looking at it and say, well, I'm so afraid of rejection. What if people reject me? Well, how about you stop rejecting people? Are you planning on doing that anytime soon? The answer is what? Of course no, because you don't like some people. You don't want to do business, so you don't want to be connected with some people. There's nothing wrong with that. So when you think about it from that perspective, it becomes okay for others to reject you because you do it 30 to 100 times every single day. That's point number one. Number two, two types of rejection. One could hurt your feelings, and I understand that. The other one that hurts your feelings, I don't understand that. Let me explain. If your loved one rejects you, I get it. It could be painful. If your kid rejects you and, they, and your mother rejects you, your father, your husband, your wife, if they reject you, of course it ought to hurt a little bit because it's people you love. But if somebody you're trying to do business with who doesn't know you, who doesn't really care for you, who doesn't love you, who doesn't know how you are as a human being, and they don't yet see you being able to fill a need for them, yet is the key word, why are you so worried if they reject you? Why are your feelings hurt? They're not your family. They're not your friends. You're somebody that's just a stranger they met, right? Now, the more that relationship gets deeper, they then feel more committed to wanting to do business with you. But if they do reject you, you have to have perspective and say, this wasn't my mom, wasn't my dad, wasn't my sister, wasn't my kids, wasn't, well, this is, a, I've never, I'm probably never going to meet this person again. Why am I upset about it? Boom, move on. In that split second. If you tell your mindset that thing, you're out of it. Number three, lifespan of feelings. Look, let me explain it to you this way. There's not a single person that doesn't like being rejected. Not one person. Not Trump, not Obama. Nobody likes being rejected. Not LeBron, not Kevin Hart. Nobody likes being rejected. Not a single soul. But the difference between the high achievers and the rest is their lifespan of how long they dwell on that rejection. The average person who gets rejected, they think about it for days. They keep telling everybody about it. My mom, my dad, my ex. I can't believe they said no. I can't believe she said no. And eventually the goal for you is to go from three days to one day to six hours to, you know, one hour to 10 minutes to three seconds. I'm hurt. I can't believe Amanda. Who the hell are they? Next call. Boom. So your goal is to constantly shorten the lifespan of the feeling you get from being rejected. It is never going to go to zero seconds because when that happens... You're a robot, and you ain't going to be a robot any, anytime soon. We have feelings, but you want to bring it and make it as short as you can as possible so you can move on to the next task. Number four, anticipation. I got this from Tom Hopkins. I think 20 years ago I got this from Tom Hopkins. It's four reasons why people buy and four reasons why people don't buy. I added an additional bonus site here as well, but it's to anticipate. So when you know this, why people buy, and you notice why people don't buy, you know how to tailor your presentation or the way you speak to the client 
So you're already addressing it before things come up. So here's four reasons why people buy. Status, peace of mind, security, need. I also put scarcity. People like to buy things that are scarce. I went to a store the other day to look at a Patek Philippe watch, right? The guy starts explaining to me the history of Patek Philippe watch. It takes a thousand people to build one watch. Let me say this one more time. It takes a thousand people to build one Patek Philippe watch. Some of you guys are going to say, Pat, that's insane. Go look it up. A thousand. Now, that's the reason why it costs a couple hundred thousand dollars to buy their watch. Upwards of one of their watches sold for 25 million bucks. He started telling me the scarcity of owning this watch, the status of owning this watch. This is not a peace of mind sale. This is a status and a scarcity sale. This is not a security sale. The way he sold security is these things always keep their value and they go higher. That was their security, but I don't need it and it's not peace of mind. It was security, status, and scarcity the way he sold it. So now whatever your product is, you gotta look at your product and say, why would somebody buy my product? Is it a need sale? Is it a security sale? Is it a, se- is it a peace of mind sale? Is it a status sale? Is it a scarcity sale? You may not be selling properly, that's why you're getting rejected so often, because you're approaching with need and your product is not a need. You may be approaching with scarcity, your product is not scarce, it's everywhere. You gotta change that adjustment so you don't get rejected that often. Four reasons why people don't buy, fear, they're afraid. Number two, indecision. They don't like to make decisions. You don't like to make decisions. Number three, procrastinate. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Or last but not least, they never, they were never asked, right? So how do you address this? You say, look, John, Mary, the clients that I deal with, they take you know, their investments very seriously. And because of that, they want to make sure they make the right decisions because they want to be around the right community. Say your product has to do with real estate, courier, and so you know, they want to be around the right, right community. They want to have a peace of mind that if they buy this property, long-term, at least they're getting something tangible. So when you buy real estate, you have something tangible. It's secure. Because if you're planning on living in this house, like you said, for 20 years, you don't really have much to worry about. Here's how real estate's done the last 20 years. And last but not least, a need. Need to live in a place to raise your kids with the school program that we have in this area. It's a great school. And you're going through this, you're addressing it in your presentation, or you're going through this, and you address why some people don't make decisions. Then the rejection level goes lower because you're getting better at sales. Number again, I can go deeper in this, but I'm just giving you a glimpse of this here. We have a sales course coming out very soon. That's going to be three hours of me teaching A through Z. You have a stack of notes. I'll be teaching a sales course, online sales course that you can go out there and buy. It'll teach everything that I look at when I'm developing a salesperson. But it's not out yet, but it'll come out soon. Stay tuned for it. Number five, let's talk about number five. Test your approach. Change your approach. Push the envelope. What do I mean by test your approach? You know, I remember when I was coming up and I was selling, I was testing so many different approaches. I'm like, let me try this one. Oh, wow, it didn't work. Let me try this one. Wow, they let me come meet with them. They didn't buy, but at least I went into their house and they were willing to listen to me. But I didn't do well, but I wasn't because I wasn't good here. But at least I got in. So, man, I'm getting better at getting into the house and getting my foot in the door. This is pretty exciting because that's one skill to get a foot in the door, right? But I started testing. I mean, there was so many. One of the ones I would do is the following. I would say, listen, uh, John, uh, can I ask a serious question for you? Yes. How would you like to be five years younger? And they would say, I'm sorry, what do you mean? How would you like to be five years younger? I want you to go back five years ago. How would you like to be that age today? And they would start laughing. Come on, Patrick, where are you going with this? No, John, I'm being serious with you. How would you like to be five years younger? I'd love to be five years younger. What's your point? Here's my point, John. In the next five years, you are going to do business with me because I'm not going to stop following up because I know my product is good. I'm just trying to save you five years by doing business today and not waiting five years because that'll make you five years younger. 
ha, 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 break the ice, boom, take their order. Happened so many times. But I had so many different approaches that I tested, or there's probably a couple hundred approaches that we tested. And then when it worked, I taught it to my sales team. When it worked, I taught it to our sales organization. And it kept going over and over and over again. But keep testing your approach. Don't be afraid to test a little bit. Don't be afraid to test the route and say, wow, this worked. Now, this definitely didn't work. Cross this one out. Don't bring it up again. But you got to keep testing your approach. And eventually, this goes lower. Number six, follow-up king. Listen, this, to me, hands down, I saw so many people in sales that I would compete with. They would say, some will, some won't, so what next? And that may be a good philosophy for motivational speakers to sell. You know, if somebody doesn't want to buy, move on. Their loss, your gain. Next customer. Sounds maybe good to trying to get rookie people to feel good about being rejected, but maybe you got rejected because you're actually not good. Maybe you got rejected because your approach isn't good. Maybe you got rejected because you're not paying attention to details. So what happens? So you want me to keep telling you you're doing a great job and keep failing because your approach sucks and not addressing the actual issue? Here's the problem. For me, coming up, I, I took that philosophy for the first two, three years of sales. Some will, someone, so what next? You know it is what they don't want it. Let's move on. That's not the case. That's not the case. I gave you two stats earlier. 47% and 92%. Check this out. 92% of salespeople quit before the fifth magical contact they make on follow-up. Let me say this one more time. 92% of salespeople follow up once. Not right now, Johnny. No problem. Follow up twice. Not right now, Johnny. Follow up three times. Not interested. Follow up four times. Not right now. The fifth time, they're going to say yes, but you stop following up. 92% stop right there. The fifth one, yes, but you stop following up. Now watch this. Follow-up has to do with nurturing a relationship, right? If you want to go and have a one-night stand sale, that's fine, but it's not going to lead to leads. But if you want to have a nurturing relationship to make the sale bigger, that's the follow-up aspect. That's the relationship aspect. That's taking notes. That's when you call them from a phone number, you save their number and store and put their date of birth, anniversary, favorite sports team, so you remember stuff about them because you're nurturing the relationship. Let me give you the other stat. A person who nurtures a sales relationship versus one who doesn't nurture a relationship. The one that does nurture the relationship and goes deeper makes a 47% bigger sale than the one that doesn't nurture. Let me say it again. I sell for $14,400, but your sale is only $10,000 because I nurtured the relationship. My sale is $140,000 commission. Your sale is $100,000 commission. Because I took that additional step to nurture the relationship. And because somebody follows up the fifth time, 92% don't, you're in a whole different league. So you look at this. Can you imagine if somebody says, oh, some will, someone, so what next? But they don't explain this part. You just cost them tens of millions of dollars of possible commission. So to you watching this, remember, 47%, 92%. If you want to go deeper in the follow-up king, I did a video a couple of years ago called Customer Experience versus Customer Service, something like that. Only let's put a link up here so they know what it looks like. The link will be below. You can click on this as well to go watch it. That'll give you a little bit more deeper on what's the difference between customer service and customer experience. Number seven, role play your approach with your mentor. Here's what I mean. You go on a sales call, doesn't go good. Instead of going in your car harping on what, you, what took place and on that 30 minute drive to your next appointment, Actually call your sales manager, call your sales mentor, call your sales, whoever it is that you, have, you can call that you're reporting to and say, here's what happened, I didn't make the sale. Why? This is what they asked, this is what I said, 
What should I have said? Can we role play? Yes. I'm the customer, sales manager. You play the role of me. Great. You say what the customer said. He, he says whatever back. Then he said what the customer said. He says whatever he says. He's rebuttal. Go back and like, oh my gosh, that's great. I didn't say it. Then you record it. And then you give the other part. Customer said this. They said this. Customer said this. You say, oh my goodness, that's so amazing. And then you explain whatever areas that you felt was a leak. They may say, no, that's not fine. That's totally fine. Don't worry about that part. Make these couple adjustments. Next time, this goes lower because you got better. Number eight, master the FAQs and trust them. Very simple. Master your FAQs, trust them. And, uh, you know, I had a girl next door came up to me. She would always come and say, hey, I watch your content. I'm in pharmaceutical sales. And I asked her to go to her sales manager to get the top 20 FAQs. She says, nobody has a top 20 FAQ. I said, what do you mean here? She said, Pat, we don't have an FAQ list. How, to, how is it possible for a sales company to not have top 10 objections and how to overcome it? How is that even possible? Half the time is sales leaders and sales managers running a team don't have a duplicatable model on how to overcome every single objection that comes up, which is typically about 20 of them. And once you know the FAQs, you increase the ratio of closing. They don't feel worried about being rejected because they're going to close and they're going to make money. So go master the FAQs and trust them. And if no one has it in your office yet, go ask everybody. Go ask everybody, what's the common objection? What's the common objection? What's the common objection? And how do you overcome it? Make your own list and start learning that. Number nine, immediate positive distraction. Anytime some rejection would happen, you got to figure out a way to distract yourself immediately. Whatever way you can figure out a way to distract yourself. If it's getting up, walking around, make the call back. If it's, you know, changing the music, putting something like a rocky music that fires you up. But you got to figure out a way to create an immediate positive distraction. So you're not getting too much into it, so you can make that next call, next appointment. Number 10, last but not least, make it past fight or flight. Let me explain what I mean by fight or flight. So say you don't know me and I don't know you, okay? You, I approach you to sell you, your immediate reaction not knowing who I am is one of two things. This is the protection. Our brain is wired in a way for it to guard and protect us. The first immediate reaction is the following. I don't know who this is. I'm either fighting you, hey, what are you talking about? No, I'm not interested. Fight. Or I'm flight. Thank you. Gone. Okay? That's immediate. Your goal is to try to keep me through flight or fight. If you can keep me past fight or flight, then what comes in place is your ability to sell me. So the way you get past fight or flight is to make me feel comfortable knowing I'm in a safe place dealing with you. Maybe likability, maybe commonality, maybe an area of interest that you have in me. Maybe you did a little bit of research for me. Maybe you understand me. Then my guard comes down. Then I'll actually say the truth, which is, what do you have to offer, right? Versus, no, not interested. Hey, what are you doing? I'm not, I told you I'm not interested. Thank you. I walk away. If you can make it past fight or flight, you actually now become in a territory where you're going to be judged based on your ability to be able to sell. And I'd much rather make it there and get to the point of knowing if I can sell or not. But it's so amazing how many salespeople are great at selling, but they don't know how to get past fight or flight. If you get past fight or flight, the rest of it's going to be typically a lot easier than having to get through the first part. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five-star. Write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick David, And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.